Folks, if you're liking what you're getting from 30MPC, the number one way you can support us is by subscribing to our newsletter. Every week, you only get two emails. On Monday, you get a content roll-up of everything that dropped last week. And on Fridays, I pick one topic and I personally write a deep dive on things like how to cold call, how to run a discovery call, or even how to hire an AE. So if you're liking what you're getting here, take two seconds, go to the show notes. You'll see a button to subscribe to our newsletter, or you can go to 30mpc.com backslash newsletter and do it there. We'll catch you soon. Cheers. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to this episode of 30 Minutes to President's Club. My name is Armand Froek. I'm here with my co-host, Nick Sigelski. And today, we have somebody who's prospecting on Instagram. It's Tara Horsmeyer, the Director of Partner Success over at Gravy and a previous head of sales development over there, too. Nick, why should people listen? I have botched social media prospecting so many times, and this episode gave me some clarity into why. So if you want to get better at prospecting on social media, give this one a listen. Three, two, one, follow me. Today's tip to optimize your sales day is brought to you by Boomerang. If you get an email and the action required on that email is going to take you less than two minutes to do, do it on the spot. It's not worth adding it to your to-do list, having to look at the item, remember what you need to do. That's going to take you more than two minutes anyway. So do it on the spot, get it off your plate. Now we documented our best templates and tips to help you optimize your sales day with our friends at Boomerang. And you can get that documentation for free at the link in the show notes. Otter AI's Otter Pilot for Sales gives you the freedom to sell on your discovery calls by taking notes for you. One of the best ways to deepen your discovery is to ask your prospect about the impetus behind their goals. So when a prospect tells me they want to advertise on more sales podcasts, I'll say, well, it's not every day that you wake up and decide you want to sponsor a podcast. What's causing you to even explore this in the first place? Now, we put together the ultimate discovery checklist with our friends at Otter AI, which you can get for free at the link in the show notes. Today's tactic to triple your connect rate is brought to you by RocketReach, who provides data that lets you reach out to the right person at the right account at the right time. Every time you're reaching out to an account, pull down the contacts again. Yes, I know it sucks, but the average tech tenure is two years, which means 50% of the workforce turns over every year. So look up the account, pull anyone who was hired, and scratch anyone who was left. And one way you can pull verified and accurate data is with Rocket Reach. So if you like this, check out their toolkit on eight ways to triple your cold call connects in the show notes. This actionable competitive tactic from Clue is the trap question. Steer discovery toward the winning zone. If we're competing with a podcast that has no newsletter or webinar series, we might ask a trap question like, how do you figure out if those podcast listeners are making their way to your mailing list? And when you're in a head-to-head, there's no better way to prepare for your next competitive battle than with our trap questions and battle card templates from our friends at Clue. The link's in the show notes. Here's my secret to being a sales superhuman. It's auto-reminders for everything. If I expect any reply from a prospect, I press Command-H, and superhuman pops it right back into my inbox if I don't get a reply in two days. That means if you handle an objection, if you suggest times for a meeting, or if you ask for cuts back on red lines, always create a two-day reminder task and assume they will not reply. So if you want to follow up on time every time, you can get a free month of superhuman by checking it out in the show notes. All right, Tara, welcome to the show. We start every single episode with your top three actionable takeaways. Let's get your three. All right, I'm so excited about this. So not a lot of people do voice notes, so I'm gonna tell you how. So my three ways are actually the three Gs of voice notes. Number one is going to be greeting. You don't need to say your name, they already see it. 
Start with the person's name. Hey, Armand. Hey, Nick. With energy and enthusiasm. Second, gratitude. You're going to tell them, hey, this is why I am so excited to connect with you. You're going to thank them for listening to, accepting the connection, listening to the note, and then you're going to tell them one thing that you are really grateful about that person and what they do. And then lastly, you're going to get to the point. You're going to be in, you're going to be quick, and you're going to be gone. So end your note with saying, hey, really excited to connect with you. Can't wait to read more of your content and learn more about you. And that's it. Very nice, Tara. What's the next tip? So number two is actually going to be what I like to call the you. And I'm not talking about the University of Miami. I'm going to talk about you and not me, but you. You always want to talk about your prospects. So when you're doing any kind of scripting, when you're doing emails, everything that you write, everything that you say, go back and edit yourself. Make sure you replace every I and we about me and my company and you make it about you. It's a really simple tweak, but when you see I or when you say we, that should be a red flag to go back, change the sentence, change the structure, make it about the you as in the you and your prospect. I love it. Round us out. What's the last one? So the last one is actually my favorite. That is the handwritten note 101. You've just had a great conversation, a great call, and you want to end with really wowing your prospect, wowing somebody who's in the conversation with you in the sales conversation. So you know what? You may not have their address and that's okay. Get out your handwritten note, Write them a note, uh, include a great nugget, something that you really enjoyed about that person, then take a picture of it, shoot it to them over DM, over email, over text, whatever way that you can, and you will surprise and delight the heck out of people because they know you took the time to make it personal and you didn't wait or ask for their address or anything like that. So in our prep doc here, I know you have a couple different pieces of your cold email. And one of those pieces is is talking about education, but I think we have the subject line, your preview text, your opening hook, your body copy, and then your CTA. So let's actually just go through these one by one. And so let's start with the subject line. What do we got to do in the subject line to get people's attention and sort of rope them in in the first place? Okay. One of my favorites is you are awesome. So you just start with curiosity and it sounds so simple, but let me tell you, if I get an email from Nick and it says, Tara, you're awesome. I'm like, huh, (laughs) that's going to stand out to me. But you know what? It's going to come across really cheesy if you don't start to tell me why. So that's where your preview texts come in. And it's like, hey, Tara, I just read this really cool article that you wrote, or I just saw that you posted this interesting thing, or, hey, I know that you just got promoted to you know, VP of XYZ, that's amazing. And here's why. And then you can say, here's why, dot, dot, dot. Cause you're leading with curiosity. You're leading about me. And so now I've got a cool subject line. That's about me. I've got a really cool preview text that shows me, okay, this isn't just a spam. It's not something that it actually really, I, it's relevant to me. So now I'm going to open it. So what I've done is I've written the email line the email subject to get me to the preview text. I've read the preview text to get me to the first line of opening email. And so everything that you write has got to lead you to the next line. So then in your opening of your email, as we talked about, you're going to just unpack a little more about why Nick is awesome or why this should matter and why should he care to keep reading. So that leads to your body copy of your education of, hey, what is it exactly that you do? Like, that's great that I'm awesome. And that I, that's great that I'm spending a few seconds reading this, but what is in it for me? And what specifically can you do that's different than maybe I've already have and do if it's looking to maybe switch platforms or if it's, hey, this is something brand new that maybe you haven't thought of, or maybe that could 
reveal a pain point. And that's when you've educated them and then you leave with your CTA, which I am a big fan of. I know we've talked about it a lot or as just salespeople of not asking for time, but of just inviting a conversation and uh, just asking a question that leads them to, hey, let's just get a conversation going and let's see if we can get a reply to see if they're even interested in what I've already said. Kara, can you give me an example of, because I think I understand the the subject line and that sort of intro copy there, the preview text, but the hook to body piece, can you maybe voice over and you can use gravy as an example if you think that would be easier? What does it actually sound like? Like, what are you actually writing? So that's something that sounds very similar to like, hey, Nick, you know, I know you work for this company and I've said these right things that show me again that you know me. Well, you know what? I'm not sure if you know this, but you could potentially have a really big hole in the back of your business. And that's where we describe at that point what gravy does in light of how it could specifically save you. So if you have recurring revenue, did you know that you may actually be losing up to 50, 75, 80% of a certain pocket of revenue due to people whose credit cards decline accidentally. Like these aren't people who are saying, oh my gosh, I want to cancel or I don't want this membership anymore, but it's an accident. They didn't even know. And you may not even know that they are out the door and not paying unless you're paying attention to those paying people. So I would eliminate that again, in terms of you, not in terms of like gravy's number one, and this is how we do it. And this is the weeds of it. But I would just say, hey, you may not even know this might hook you in of like, oh gosh, I may not even know this. I may have a problem that I don't know about. So that again, hooks you into what is, what is important to you while also saying, this is actually what we do. Would you be interested in, in learning more about how we do this? Would you be interested in, you know, following up or have, have you even thought about this as being a problem? Something like that. And not saying, can we hop on a call tomorrow? And one of the things I think you do is you help new SDRs put together some of these emails. And can you talk about some of the common mistakes that you see new salespeople make and how that they could correct those? Oh, absolutely. So the biggest one is that they rely on uh, templates and not on their brains. <laughs> so they, uh, new SDRs, I mean, any SDRs really, but I'll craft something or we'll put together just some guidelines and then one by one, cause you're like, oh gosh, I've got to send these out fast. I've got to do it. And so you're not taking each email or each person into account. You're trying to rush. Like the number one mistake I see new SDRs make, especially in writing any kind of copy, is trying to rush through it and get to the end rather than taking the time to massage it so that it sounds like them. So if they do get on the phone or if they do have a conversation, it's not feeling like, oh gosh, I just sent this templated response and now I'm actually having a conversation because you replied and I'm a real person. So just using the template as a template and not bringing yourself and your amazing, wonderful, sharp mind into it. And then questioning. That's the other thing too, is, Hey, maybe this template worked for three months, but now, Hey, now pandemic is over, let's say, and we're not refreshing our copy. Oh my gosh. Like this is where I need new eyes and new SDRs to to start questioning. Like, Hey, this isn't working anymore. We need to update our messaging or we need it to sound a different way because it's just not landing well. And if we think about how you're tying this into some of your other forms of comms, it sounds like you're doing a little bit of video, a little bit of LinkedIn, a little bit of email. Before we jump into those other channels, what I would love to understand is what is your strategy 
around tailoring. And what I mean by that is, are you doing LinkedIn videos, hand, handwritten notes for every single person in the world? Are you tearing out your A's, B's, and C's? How do you do this in a way that scales and is also efficient for your time without just sending out all the templated garbage? Yeah, <laughs> great question. So that honestly is where the individual reps come into play. Like this is one of those things that it's like, absolutely. Do we have a sequence? Do we have steps? Yes, there is that. But one of the great things about gravy is that we have really allowed our reps to figure this out as they go and to make sure it's humanized. Like, yes, first touches, especially when we started on Instagram is going to be a text DM just to even get their, their interest going. But then when you bump, it's like, okay, we're going to do a voice note. But what it's really going to come down to is each rep knowing where they are and who they're reaching out to and then making those pivots as they go. Like, hey, I just had a great connection with that person. He just connected. Uh, he just commented on something I posted. So I'm going to follow up with the video. So it's not just knowing, hey, when to stick to the steps, but also when to go your own way and make sure that you are connecting human to human and pivoting when it makes sense to be over personalized or over, not over processed, but making sure that the process is serving you as an SDR and as a person. Tara, I really got to dig into this social media prospecting things. We were talking about it on the prep side of this call. And I've tried prospecting on Instagram and Twitter before, and it just was a disaster for me. And I think that was more about Nick than the actual process, but you've been doing this for a while. Can you talk about the different ways you've prospected on social media and some of the best and worst practices that you've gleaned from that? Oh my gosh. Yes. So little known fact, most people know, uh, Gravy started not on LinkedIn. We, we've been around for a hot minute. I know most people think, oh gosh, we just kind of came into the scene, you know, six months ago, but uh, we've, we've been living and hanging out on Instagram. So that is where you always say, Hey, you've got to go play in traffic where your people are. Our people really were on Instagram. That was our main ICP. When we started, we work with a lot of course creators, a lot of personal brands and where all those people were Instagram. So when I'm reaching out to somebody, I'm like, this sucks sending out just, you know, cut and paste stuff. Like I don't want to receive that. So I kind of had the benefit of being the first, you know, and so you just kind of do it, but starting on Instagram, but also just starting to communicate as a normal human, like, Hey, I just thought before I send that first message, all right, Tara's on the other side. <laughs> if I'm receiving a message, what kind of message would I actually want to open and view and read and learn more about? And so it was more in how I approach everything as a human and I'll unpack what that means. But really what it means is again, talking about the other person first and seeing what was amazing about them so that they know, hey, I've spent some time getting to know them. I've been on their profile. On Instagram, they don't have phone numbers. They don't have a lot. All you've got is the DM and they can ignore the heck out of that. But for some reason, people started responding because I was just a human connecting and talking to them like, Hey, Nick, you've got this course. This is amazing. This is how I really think it could impact people. Did you know <laughs> there could be a problem going on, but you know what? You can go to my page. You can go to my profile. You can see me as me. And I'm talking to you just like I would write my own post on Instagram. I'm being a human and I'm signing off, you know, Tara, smiley face and being, I mean, just being me. Not everybody's like that. But the point is, is even seeing our SDRs come in is that I'm encouraging every single person again to message just like they would another human being. Sure, it's professional, but I also think business is personal. 
So the area that I really struggled with on social media prospecting, like I felt like I was okay with the actual copy of the messages. It was actually finding the accounts that I wanted to, to prospect and, and then the contacts within those accounts. So how did you do that? Well, ours, we just, we kind of did a hack of like, you just, you find your main, you find your main influencers and then you just start following people like them. So you can click down on an Instagram button. It says similar accounts. And so you just go down the rabbit hole of following similar accounts, getting to know these people. I would also follow them like, hello, engage in their content, be a human. Um, and so after a while, probably the name recognition or seeing me kind of come up, um, helped some of that, but, uh, that's what you do. You just go follow similar people like that. And then it, just like anything else, you find your big, you know, influencers, people who are, who have a really big following people who, who taught course creators, how to actually create courses. And then you would see, you know, work with them on, okay, who's on their account and just find them that way. So you've got all of these different channels. This is probably the most multi-channel we've ever heard of. We've got Instagram, we have LinkedIn voice note, we have video, we have email, you probably have some calls mixed in. And so could you give us a sense, if you look at the lifetime of your cadence or the lifetime of your sequence, when are each of these things being weaved in? Is it just like, boom, like everything on the first touch is like LinkedIn, Instagram, email, cold call, blast, 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 and then silence? Or how do you, how do you do this over 30 days so that you're not just like going crazy? When I was doing it, it was mainly Instagram. So it would start out with a text DM and then you'd wait, you know, and see, and I would say, I mean, I don't have the hard day, but gosh, at least 80% of the calls that we booked were from that first DM. So we would start there and then we go into email and follow up with that and try to honestly keep pushing them back to Instagram. And uh, so after that email, so we'd have a DM, then we'd have an email, then we'd come back to Instagram and follow up with a voice note. So again, doing something different. Then we'd wait, come back to email, follow up with a second email. And so really try to hit those within about four or five days so that they've gotten four touches. Then you'd come back to Instagram and do a video, do a really fun video. You can add like, you know, text to your video. You just make it fun. The whole thing is like, this should be fun. It's not fun to get a no, but when you're having a really good time, again, you want to keep pointing them back to your main platform. And in our case, it was Instagram, even if they would reply over email. And then we'd come back and we'd most likely finish out an email because if they have not replied, by your third Instagram touch, then most likely either they weren't seeing it. You can also see if it's seen or they're just not interested after that much personal, you know, personal touches that we would just stick to email and see if we can just educating them and, and weaving things over email and a little bit, it just wouldn't take as much time. Let's say we're on Instagram or let's say I'm just even recording a LinkedIn video or an Instagram video. There are a lot of things that people screw up. For example, I got a ring light here and like my, my lighting is right, but a lot of people are like in the darkness or they're disheveled and they look like they just woke, woke up out of bed. And so from a, an aesthetic standpoint and from a setup standpoint, are, are there any best practices you have around making your Instagram and video look like you're not a weird rando? Don't try to be perfect. Don't try to be a runway model. Like don't try to live the Instagram culture because you know what? That fake crap has got to go. Gone. Bye. So be yourself. But yeah, you can definitely be like, I want to be the best version of myself. So especially when it comes to like, hey, I want to connect to somebody. I want to put my best foot forward. That's what we all want. We want that. You want you to shine through whatever that is. So you're right. 
there are certain not tos as in, yeah, don't be in a dark corner. Make sure that you're facing light or have a light, something like that, something that lights you up. Also be aware of your surroundings. Like I always have to look around like, gosh, you know, is there a trash over there? Is there garbage? That it, and it's not like, okay, this is terrible. You're a horrible person, but it's just distracting, you know? So think about your surroundings where you are. You want to have great light because you want the focus to be on you, not on the things that are around you and what you're saying. Because ultimately what you're saying is you hope to pull your prospect into, hey, I care about you. Make eye contact, smile for the love of all things. Don't look so serious, have fun, you know? Um, gosh, what else? So, uh, be slow when you talk. Like we tend to, I tend to get really excited and it's like, oh gosh, I don't even know what I'm saying. So listen to yourself, practice, watch a video back. That's kind of the joy of video is that you're going to be your worst critic. And so you're probably going to cringe, but that's the best time to do it is to look back and be like, Hey, am I engaging? Did I bring energy? Did I sound excited? Do I sound believable? Do I sound like a robot? Most people don't try to sound like a robot, but if you're not confident in what you're saying, you're just going to come across as that as like, I'm memorizing this pitch and I'm just trying to deliver it. Like I'm like a third grader on the stage, you know, it's spelling me or something. And it just sounds inauthentic. So practice, try it. But yes, visually look around, be yourself, get great lighting, and then don't try to over perfect anything. Cause then it feels like a canned studio, you know, it doesn't sound like, Hey, I'm just trying to connect and be normal. But I want to keep going back to social media because you also do a really good job, like engaging and sort of almost, you almost build like a community on LinkedIn. I've seen Tara, you have a ton of engagement and some of them are your prospects and customers who are like writing on your, your LinkedIn posts. And so can you talk about your general approach to LinkedIn and how you've used that to find new business? The biggest thing that you can do again is just like you were saying, it's be engaging. It's actually care about other people, write about things that your people will care about and write about them as you. And so that way, when you do take things offline, when you do have those conversations, when you do send that, Hey, thanks for popping on, you know, my content or thanks for that really cool comment. Tell me more about you. What's going on? How's your life? I saw your thing. Talk to them normal. <laughs> like you're not trying to pitch anybody anything. You're just trying to be normal. And then if it comes up and they have a need, they're more aware of not just who you are, but they've really, they know what you do now. And the biggest thing are the things that we all care about. Know, like, and trust. I mean, my gosh, everybody wants to skip right to trust and go, but I'm like, gosh, you've got to spend some time doing the no and the like, and this isn't doing it like, okay, I'm checking off boxes, but really when people are genuine, you are likable. You don't have to be genuinely me. You have to be genuinely you. Nick has to show up. You know, Armand has to show up on LinkedIn as Nick and Armand as like, okay, this is who we are. And so when we go offline and we have a conversation, again, that's a door opener. It's not saying, okay, we're going to have a call or we're going to book a meeting or a demo, but that door is going to be open. And maybe it's a timing thing. Maybe it's a, I need a different person thing, but now we've already hit no and like, and so we can move to trust much faster. It's amazing that this happens, especially with junior reps who are just starting their careers and they think all of their buyers are these super uptight people who have zero personality whatsoever. And so they have their messages starting with dear sir or madam, practically, or it's like uh, 30 MPC is the leading provider of this, or I saw that your LinkedIn said that you do this without any conjunctions at all. And so always recommend you got to read your stuff out loud before you send it out read it out loud and put the tone in it. And if it feels robotic, you probably shouldn't send it out. 
In other words, it should feel like a text message, especially on Instagram. It's probably a great way to practice is just like looking at Instagram DMs and seeing how normal people talk and then translating that to some of the other channels that you have in sales life. For the love, yes. <laughs> and I do see a shift. Like this isn't, oh gosh, everybody's, you know, doing it terrible at all. Like I really think people are, are starting to get it. I think the young crew, especially the SDRs that we had, you know, the Millies, like they just come in and they don't know any different, which is great because you're not having to untrain people. You're just having to reinforce what they do and how they're doing it. So bringing in the personality, remembering that everybody you're prospecting, yes, is still a human and they want to be treated as such doesn't mean you start hey bro (laughs) probably not but it also can mean hey hey nick hey armand how's it going you know like and when you do it as a person who actually sounds like they care not hey i'm saying this just to get to what i really want to say we've all been in conversations with those people at a party or at a dinner when it's like they're going through the formalities but you know they're just really rushing to get where they want like where they want to go same thing is true with our prospects. Like they're smart, they're great people, but they also know when you're just trying to get where you want to go, instead of saying, Hey, I'm here to help get you where you want to go. Yeah. I'm totally guilty of as a new SDR sending an email that said, dear Mr. Farouk as uh, as the opening line. So that's my fault. Tara, this has been an awesome episode and we got to move to our final question now. So the final question is going to be this. Uh, We've talked about a ton of really, really good habits for salespeople to start implementing into their sales life, but we got to talk about a bad habit. So the last question is going to be, what is one bad habit that sales reps need to stop doing, throw in the trash because it's wrong and it's hurting them? Sounding and presenting yourself like a templated robot. So literally, if I can take your name off of the email and sub it out with any other name, you're doing it wrong, you know? And so that doesn't mean, okay, if it's Nick or Armand, I don't know them. So I, I might confuse their personality. It's not that it's that literally it can be uh, company XYZ is sending this out. I don't care if, if I'm signing up for an automated newsletter. Great. I want to get that. I want to get the HubSpot roundup when I am number one, not signing up for anything. And number two, you're reaching out to me to try to have a conversation with me. I want to know this is Nick. This is what he's about. This is who he is. This is why I should care. Not this is company XYZ reaching out to me, trying to take my money (laughs) because and still, until we, you know, drop the robotic approach, start to bring in the human, we are just going to end up in the side of automation, which is so easy to delete and to move out. But it's really much harder to delete a person when you see the person in there. I love it. Tara, anything you want to plug before we jump off here? I just love to hang out with people on uh, LinkedIn. So follow me, find me on LinkedIn. If there are any SDRs who need some extra help, encouragement, managers, I've been there, done it all. And I just love encouraging, coaching, and uh, helping new SDRs and some veterans get where they need to go. Beautiful. Tara, thank you so much for coming on the show. Everybody stick around. We got a 60 second recap coming up soon. Cheers. Your top four takeaways from the episode with Tara Horsmeyer include number one, after a meeting with a prospect, you're going to write a handwritten note, but here's the deal. You don't have their address. That's okay. Snap a photo of it. Send it to them afterwards. Works the same. Number two, 
your Instagram sequence, which can also be similar to your LinkedIn sequence. So no excuses here. You're going to start with a text DM. That could be a LinkedIn DM. From there, you're going to do an, an email follow-up. You're always driving them back to the main social platform. From there, you're going to do a voice note, wait a couple more days, then do a video. And so you're not blasting with everything up front. You're mixing it all in. Number three, do not be the weirdo with the weird lighting. Your setup should include the following when you're doing videos. Include proper lighting. Get all the garbage out of your background. Remove your trash can. Have a nice fiddle leaf tree like Nick does. Smile. Don't be the creep who doesn't smile. Slow it down when you talk. Don't be talking faster than your brain can keep up with. And then lastly, have a good time with your prospecting. Read your notes out loud. If they don't sound like human notes, you should probably be rewriting them. Don't be afraid to show some personality. All righty, Nick, what's next? Well, contrary to popular belief, Armand and I do exist on Instagram. We don't really post anything about sales, but if you want to see a video of me working out at the park and Armand's protein shake that he had yesterday, we're open. Today's tip to optimize your sales day is brought to you by Boomerang. Obsessive checking of your inbox is a total waste of time and brain power. Instead, commit to checking your inbox and responding to email at set times throughout the day. I'm a fan of Boomerang's pause inbox function to keep myself from getting distracted by my inbox. Now, we documented our best templates and tools to help you optimize your sales day with our friends at Boomerang, and you can get that for free at the link in the show notes. This week's actionable prospecting tactic is from Sixth Sense, who shows you the prospects who are most likely to buy so you can get more meetings with fewer activities. Personalizing cold emails requires you to only change the first paragraph in a trigger template. All you have to do is tie the research to the problem you solve in paragraph one, and then switch that out while you leave paragraphs two and three, your solution and call to action, exactly the same. And so we are giving you six of these trigger templates with our partners at Sixth Sense. The link is in the show notes. Your Zoom Info actionable insight tactic is called Jane's Moving Up. Why? Because that's the email subject line you'll use when you get a real-time notice that your prospect Jane just got promoted. From there in the email, explain how Zoom Info helps rising sales leaders win their first 90 days on the job by highlighting coaching opportunities or supporting a team-wide prospecting push. And you can try out this trigger-based email template for prospect promotion and four other scenarios inspired by Zoom Info's go-to-market plays. Link in the show notes open to a follow. So check us out there. And if you don't want to do that, that's okay too. But we'll see you all next week on 30 Minutes to President's Club. Thanks for listening. Today's tip to optimize your sales day is brought to you by Boomerang. Obsessive checking of your inbox is a total waste of time and brain power. Instead, commit to checking your inbox and responding to email at set times throughout the day. I'm a fan of Boomerang's pause inbox function to keep myself from getting distracted by my inbox. Now, we documented our best templates and tools to help you optimize your sales day with our friends at Boomerang, and you can get that for free at the link in the show notes. This week's actionable prospecting tactic is from Sixth Sense, who shows you the prospects who are most likely to buy so you can get more meetings with fewer activities. Personalizing cold emails requires you to only change the first paragraph in a trigger template. All you have to do is tie the research to the problem you solve in paragraph one, and then switch that out while you leave paragraphs two and three, your solution and call to action, exactly the same. And so we are giving you six of these trigger templates with our partners at Sixth Sense. The link is in the show notes.